You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. And on Sunday, Atlanta United will wrap up its MLS regular season, hosting NYCFC at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Kickoff is at 2.55 p.m. It's an odd time, but all the East Coast teams will kick off at the same time because this is decision day. And for some teams, there is still something to play for. This is the first game in Atlanta United history in which there is no significance for this game. There's nothing at stake. No supporter shield, like in 2018. No playoff seedings, like in 2017. No possibility of the playoffs, like in 2020 or 2021. It is a game simply because it is on the calendar and must be played. So I'm not even going to go into the details of the two teams because it's really irrelevant. We're just going to hop right into the sound from Gonzalo, from, uh, Gonzalo Pineda and Amar Sadic. Then we'll take a break. Then we'll come back with a few of the questions y'all put in for the mailbag. So let's start with Gonzalo Pineda on the team's mood this week, knowing that it has nothing to play for on Sunday. Well, you can guess it's, it's not the same. Obviously, I'm still disappointed. But, uh, I mean, we have to do what we have to do. We have to go through the sessions. The session's been okay. So just, just trying to continue and trying to prep the team for, for Sunday. I was curious, you know, because there's nothing at stake and it could be the last game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for a couple of players, possibly, not definitely, but just theoretically, I guess, for Joseph Martinez, Marcelino Moreno, who's fallen out of favor. Will Luis Arujo and Diego Almada be back or will they be sold? What's going to happen with Alan Franco because Miles Robinson returns or Parata? Just a, a lot of... Weird things could happen in this offseason. So here's Gonzalo's approach to Sunday. Well, for me, it's important. It's important. It's in front of our fans. We want to give them a good show. It's against the champion team. It's against a team that knocked us out of playoffs last year. So it has some relevance to me. And I think the players, it's also important that. So we'll try to prep a good competitive team for, for, that, for that game. It's gotten pretty clear as the season's gone on that uh, Pineda has a little bit of annoyance with some of our questions. It's understandable. A lot of the games have followed the same script this season, and so we've had to ask the same type of questions over and over and over again. And I'm sure after a while, he's gotten tired of of answering them. That's understandable. But, you know, it has been a, a, you know, mostly negative season because the team didn't make the playoffs, but it is important to note the positives. 
I just wrote a story about the positives you could find on my Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And here's Pineda talking about some of those positives. Well, the good of the season, I would say many things. Again, I haven't had the time completely to really evaluate everything. Uh, I think uh, the build of the culture is going in the right direction. I think that's something that is important for us, uh, how we've been building a little bit the culture that we want. Uh, obviously, the results didn't come together with that, but uh, we feel like it's the right thing to, to build. Uh, and well, I think uh, the identity of the team is there. I think one thing I'm very proud of is people knows how we play and, uh, and that's important. When, when you get that from the players and they buy into the idea of playing in a certain way, it's important at times, you know, results doesn't come, but I think that's the right foundation for what is coming. And November is full of dates in which Atlanta's roster will start to be shaped for next season. Options have to be exercised, things like that. I asked Pineda on how much he wants to be involved in reshaping the roster to try to fit his style of play for 2023. Well, we will see again. All those type of evaluations and things and assessments will come after after Sunday. Uh, we're preparing this game only, and uh, you know I don't think it's the right time to go all over roster for next year or anything like that. I think now I'm focused on Sunday and trying to prep the team for that. Mm, and probably we'll have more answers uh, for you in those terms uh, probably after after the season is over. Again, an honest answer, a non-answer. I have to figure that he's going to be trying to work with Carlos on reshaping the roster to fit his style of play. It's pretty clear that I think some of the players on the roster just don't fit what Pineda wants to do. Uh, Moreno being one of them. Um, and I only say that because of his just drop off in playing time uh, over the past few weeks. Omar Sadich, bless his heart, answered the bell to talk to us. Uh, it's my understanding that really none of the players wanted to talk this week because of the disappointment of the season. But here he is on the mood, hanging into the final match without a shot of making the playoffs. Uh, I mean, of course, we're disappointed by uh, last week's result and we wanted to be in playoff contention. Um, but nonetheless, I think uh, kind of coming out into this last week and I think it's an opportunity for all the guys to kind of uh, finish out the season on a strong note, uh, a positive note. And yeah, kind of go into the offseason uh, in a good mood and then yeah, just look forward to next year. So I think it just it's a good way to close it, close it off. Here's Sadich talking about NYCFC. They're a team that play good football. Um, they're a team that with a lot of talent, a lot of young talent, um, a bunch of veterans as well. So I think it's important for us to play uh, the football that we know, um, the tactics that the coaching staff gives us, and uh, yeah, finish the year strong. And I asked Sadich if it's a compliment to the franchise that this is the first meaningless game in almost six years. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you can look at many clubs on this league and it's a consistent thing. So um, for Atlanta to kind of be um, struggling, I guess, in quotations at, at this point right now, I mean, th th we do have an MLS Cup, which many other clubs don't. So I think there's a lot of a lot of things that this club needs to be happy about. Of course, this isn't one of them, not being in playoffs. Um, but like I said, it just, uh, just it's, a, it's a little step back and then, Everyone reevaluates themselves, their season. All the players need to do the same. And then, yeah, we, we kind of jump back at it next year. I said if there was more than one thing that prevented the team from making the playoffs. 
Yeah, I don't think you can really narrow it down to one thing. That's way too complex to really break down. It's just, it's a game, it's a long season and uh, a multitude of factors come in. Injuries come in, uh, different mentalities, different teams. It's just way too many factors. You can't really put one thing on it. And I say to Chief, what he thought were the positives from this season. There's a lot of good things that come about um, starting to kind of build a culture. Of course, like Gonzalo and the coaching staff, this was like their first preseason with the team. Um, so I think it's kind of rooting of what we kind of want to build with the team and the and the friendships and the relationships and the trust on the field. Um, also off the field is important, but I think it was, it was a good stepping stone into uh, the future plans that the kind of coaching staff has for the team um, and kind of what what rules are going to be around for next year and the identity of style of play we want to play and um, just the aggression that we're going to have after not succeeding this year. So I think that's kind of taking a, a bad year to make it good. And Sadich is out of contract at the end of the season. I thought he played pretty well for the team uh, most of the time. Obviously, everyone has ups and downs. So I asked him about if he's nervous heading into this offseason without a contract. Uh, I mean, this is the first time I've been out of contract. Uh, before, I was always had option years, uh, just on the draft contract that I was on. So um, this is the first time that um, it's kind of where I've come to the end of my contract. But um, nonetheless, uh, the season hasn't ended yet. And um, uh, we'll see with what my agent and what the front office has to speak over the next month or so, I guess, and then uh, go from there. I think Atlanta would be crazy not to keep Sadich. He's on, I think, pretty much the veterans minimum. Which is, uh, you know, less than I think seventy thousand for a guy who really paired well. I thought with Santiago Sosa in the midfield. I thought they were by far the most effective midfield pairing on the team this year. Looking at all the different combinations that were available, so I would be stunned if Atlanta United doesn't keep him, and hopefully he'll get a little bit of a raise. All right, this is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. Only this podcast. If you don't listen to this podcast, we're not giving you anything. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash scarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash scarf. And now to the mailbag. Ben in Philly, friend of the podcast. 
says, with nothing to play for, why should the supporters watch on Sunday? I wanted to give the front office and coaching staff a pass due to the injuries, but after Inter-Miami clinched a playoff spot last night, I am less inclined to do so. They face severe sanctions that cause them to completely turn over their roster, pay a DP to play in Liga Emekis, and gave another DP away for only 500000 in GAM. For all of Phil Neville's flaws, he found a way to utilize his best players and get results when it mattered. This is where I cannot give Gonzalo Pineda a pass. What you would like to see on Sunday, or what would you like to see on Sunday that would give the supporters some hope that next year will be better? Well, the only thing I can tell you about this is Atlanta United paid a DP to play in Argentina. That was Ezekiel Barco. Played another young DP, Eric Lopez, to go play in Argentina, and he's not playing there. I guess maybe one of the biggest differences between the two teams I don't know how many injuries Inter-Miami sustained this year compared to Atlanta United, but they do make a huge factor. As for why should the supporters watch on Sunday, they paid their money for a ticket. I would assume they want to get the value out of that ticket. The games are still fun. The environment is still fun. That's why I would go. And it could be your last opportunity to see some of these guys in the red and black or the forest green or whatever the color is at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. On to Sean. Regarding the salary cap, I would love to know what you know. Uh, Well, you know, I don't know as much as I would like to know. All we really know is some of the players who are under contract, some of the players who aren't under contract for next season, some of those include Sadich, of course. There are options on contracts for Brooks Lennon, for uh, Juanjo Parata, for Raul Godinho, We know that Brad Guzan is under contract for next year. I think Emerson Hyman is under contract for next year. Joseph Martinez, Luis Araujo, Tiago Almada are under contract for next season. We don't know about Moreno. I assume there's at least an option on his contract. I'll be stunned if he's back. Guys like Huzetu is under contract for next year. Sosa, I assume, is under contract for next year. But I do know that this season, Atlanta United is up against the salary cap. So it's going to have to make some moves to create some space. Now, the new Apple TV deal that's coming online, you've seen some of the reports that there could be a fourth DP added to MLS rosters. I think that's a stupid waste of resources. Instead of enabling teams to spend that much money, that much more money on a DP, I would spread it throughout the middle and bottom of the roster to try to either give some guys some raises or to attract more depth. That's the biggest difference between Liga Emekis and MLS. The DPs, you could argue in MLS, are better than the DPs in Mexico. It's the rest of the depth of the roster that is affected, that is negatively affected in Major League Soccer because the pay, while much better after the recent CBA, is still very, very low. Evan says, how many of our current DPs are still DPs to start next season? This is a fascinating question because it could be all three are gone or all four if you count Barco. Joseph, apparently based upon his social media posts, is not a fan of Carlos Bocanegra. I don't know how much longer those two can coexist. Sam did ask Gonzalo yesterday his opinion on that, and he did not want to give an opinion, and I don't blame him. What What's he going to say? But Joseph could be sold or traded or transferred, or I guess I just repeated myself, could be traded or transferred. Or Ahujo, whose salary is among the top 10 highest in the league, was a total disappointment with just four goals and five assists, I think it was. His touch just seemed to abandon him this season. Almada, Atlanta United may get a good offer for Almada. 
And if it's a really good offer, they may just either want to go ahead and sell. Almada may want to go ahead and take it. I don't know if his value is ever going to be higher for Atlanta United than it is right now, considering he just played for the Argentine national team and that 3-0 win over Ecuador in Miami a couple of weeks ago. If they get a good deal, they may want to take it and they may just want to start all over, get three new DPs, three DPs that kind of maybe fit Pineda's style of play a little bit better than two of the three right now. DKB, friend of the podcast, says, what do you think happens next season with Caleb Wiley? Gutman seems to be becoming a club favorite and could be here long term. However, keeping him could hurt Caleb's development. Which is the better scenario? Okay, well, let's answer that one first. I don't think Wiley's going to go anywhere. I think, going back to the question I just answered previously, if the team does trade or transfer Arahujo, Wiley could become the starting left wing with Gutman the starting left fullback. Wiley likes to play the wing. I think he has a future at the wing. He's a pretty good dribbler, all things considered, considering his his, experience, or in his, his inexperience. So I don't think you're going to see Wiley going anywhere. Number two, which is the better scenario for Atlanta United? Joseph traded within the league for Tam, or Joseph re-signed on a max Tam deal, or Joseph sold outside Major League Soccer? Probably traded within the league for Tam. They need the money. Joseph... It just seems like an untenable situation at this point. It happens to every icon, or not every, but most icons in most cities. They all get traded or, or transferred or or something. Del Murphy, Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, Matt Ryan, Dominique Wilkins. It happens to everybody. It wouldn't be unique for it to happen to Joseph. And our last question, Malik asks, you have two free passes for the offseason. With a realistic take, what moves out in are you taking? I think I understand the question. I think Sam and I were talking about this yesterday in the Alex Tembakis Memorial media trailer at at Lenny United's training ground. I think that while a striker like Ronaldo Cisneros fits Pineda's system, I think what really fits Pineda's system, if he's truly intent on using possession to create chances, they need a, a really good target striker, a hold-up striker, somebody who can reach these crosses, who can win these crosses, knock them down for people coming in behind them or putting the, the crosses on goal. And they don't have that right now. Joseph obviously showed his his uh, coordination, his dexterity with that bicycle kick goal last year. But in terms of of getting up and challenging and winning headers, we just didn't really see a lot of that this year. And some of that could be because of his knee. But I think they need that for starters. And then they need a hard-nosed defensive midfielder, the guy that Ozzy Alonso was going to be until he suffered his ACL injury. But they need somebody who's going to put some bite in that midfield and who knows how to track runners, who knows the dangerous spaces and to not let them stay open. The Many of the problems that the team suffered this year with the guys who were tasked with playing defensive midfielder Sosa, Abada, Huzetu, they all have experience, but in terms of of being defensive midfielders, they just didn't execute very well, in my opinion. Now, Pineda could show me stats that would tell it differently. All I'm going by is the eye test, and it's what we've seen for a couple of years now. So that's what I would do if I were Atlanta United. Those are the two steps I have to take if I'm them. All right, we're going to wrap up the Southern Fried Soccer podcast. 
I'm your host, Doug Robertson. You can find me on the Twitters at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. Y'all are going to see me uh, as part of our Braves coverage next week once the playoffs start. I'm excited about that. I've covered minor league baseball, but I don't think I've ever covered a professional baseball game in my career. My mom is a gigantic Braves fan, so she's tickled pink that I'm going to be sitting in the press box at the stadium and, and getting to write about the Braves. I'll be helping with the coverage home and away. I'm also going to be trying to keep track of what's going on with Atlanta United. So uh, if I miss something, be patient. I'll get to it. Y'all take care. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.